Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very first episode of The Flyover Presents Beef State. I am your host, Joe Wheel. Over here we have Scotty Sirloin. Uh, this way, excuse me, this way. Uh, we're still working on a name for me, literally just off the dome. Scott came up with that. Um, Scotty Sirloin, literally just off the dome, just like that. So if you love great wit like that and talking Nebraska football, which is what we will be doing weekly on this show, on this program, on Wednesdays for basically forever. Yes, we decided to start a Nebraska football podcast on January 4th. Uh, basically, after everything exciting has happened, we decided this is the time to go. Uh, on our main channel, The Flyover Show, we have discussed this before. Uh, we will have a playlist of those videos. Um, we started talking coaching searches, uh, stuff like that. We may up end up uploading this on the main channel just to get of our Nebraska viewers over to uh, Beef State. Again, name in progress. Technically, we have to make sure we can still grab it, but uh, we feel very good about it. But even though the season is over, the season's just begun because we were on to the offseason, which means we were on to 2023. It is the year 2023. Happy New Year to you watching. We appreciate you. Uh, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Come on a journey with us. Let Scotty Sirloin lead you, you know, through the annals of victory. Uh, Scott also lives on a farm. So, I mean, no, no livestock per se, but kind of makes sense. Used to be. Yeah. yeah. Scotty, happy yeah. new year. How excited are you to be happy talking Nebraska football every week for these beautiful people? I'm really excited. I, I'm really excited. I mean, it's basically what we just do in our free time. Now we mm -hmm. just record it. So yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, this is basically all we're going to do. This is basically all we do. And you know, things, you know, may change. This may become more often of a show. Um, probably not going to be, I can't imagine it becoming less, you know, this is going to be a very big challenge because we're both very new to this game, uh, talking sports, sports media, whatever. Um, so, you know, starting at literally the worst time ever, it's going to sharpen our iron. It's going to test our metal, you know, and we're going to come out next season and, you know, drop the greatest shows you've ever seen in your entire fucking life. Uh, but we do have some specific topics, topics to go over. Uh, probably not going to be the most regimented show of all time. Um, but we do have some topics we're going to hit, some important things we want to talk about. Um, obviously, this season, you know, before we start our first uh, topic, talking about the coaching staff, um, obviously, Nebraska hired Matt Rule, former Carolina Panthers head coach, former Baylor Bears head coach, Sikkim, former Temple Owls head yep. coach, Temple Owls. Yep. You got it. Uh, former Penn State linebacker. Obviously, a name that we were suspecting for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. they say one a. This is our one a guy. This is the guy we wanted. He's tough. He's a tough son bitch. He's gonna lead us to the promised land. Um, I think we are both pretty optimistic about this. I think he was near our top. Um, obviously we, you know, Luke Fickle is something we thought was interesting. Uh, especially the fact that he was hired yeah. somewhere else. But he does he, have. He came. He sort of came in and out, right? Yeah. Right at the beginning, his name was sort of floated. Um, and then towards the end, there was a lot of noise around it. A lot of the Cincinnati people were maybe prepping people that Fickle might be joining Nebraska, but really they just had good intel that he was leaving just to the wrong spot. Yeah. And so who knows? Nebraska probably contacted Fickle. Yeah, I, don't I would think, think so. That, right. And he went to Wisconsin for less money than rules getting to come to Nebraska. So I would be disappointed if that, they didn't. Yeah. I, right. I'd be surprised if they didn't. So Nebraska had their choice of rule versus pickle from what we can surmise logically. We're never going to get that answer 100%, but we chose rule over pickle. And I, as of right now, based on how the staff has performed so far and all they've done is recruit and go on videos, right. And, and do press conferences, but I've loved what I've seen so far. Yeah. Let's, I love the energy on the program. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Cause there's been a lot yeah. of energy. There's been a lot. It's been very different than what we've seen in the past couple of head coaches. Right. Um, they have been everywhere. Specifically when they got here, Matt Rule did like a tour of Nebraska specifically. Like mm -hmm. he went everywhere. He did everything kind of, I mean, and he's been very vocal that like he's going to be part of the community. He's going to be part of the culture. You know, his wife, Julie's going to create some sort of charitable foundation. He wants to get to know everyone and everything. I think it's been very apparent. You know, you sent me, you sent me tweets of when he's, in Memorial Stadium sends me, you know, tweeting pictures at 5 a.m. You know, he's up and he's working. And it seems like I can't imagine a happier guy in the world than Trev Alberts watching Matt Rule work. I think it's been exactly what he was hoping for. Yeah, I love it. Um, 
as a Nebraska high school co- football coach, we love it. Yeah, how he's making the state his first priority. Yeah. Locking down a lot of the players in the state is first priority. Going out and trying to get a lot of the guys that were committed elsewhere or had decommitted from Nebraska. So putting an emphasis on the in-state kids. I think that, that, that that's going to go a long way for the future years. And Nebraska, year over year, is getting better and better and better at producing Division One talent. Yeah, I think that's become evident, especially in the Lincoln and Omaha areas. That's also like that feels like a long-term commitment thing because obviously getting local guys helps mm-hmm. now but that feels like it's a much longer play which is you know regardless of how long yeah, he's absolutely. here you have to appreciate because if you know that penn state if he does well here hopefully and that penn state job does come open and he does want to leave you know planting roots still helps you know it'll help yep. the next guy hopefully um you know if he were to ever leave let's hope that's not the case if, if he works out i guess i shouldn't speak yeah too much but if if he, if Matt rule gets the Penn state job in the future, that means he's done a really good job here. Yeah. Which will be interesting because if he does, and you know, if he did like a really, really good job and we're like competing for national championships, you know, obviously it is his alma mater, but then do you leave a place where you're competing for national championships? You know, especially with the 12 team playoff expanding, it becomes even bigger question. I don't think he would have to get to the place where Nebraska is contending for national championships. In order to be offered the Penn State job, I think, I think he might have to get to the place with twelve team. You think? I think he. Oh, okay. So, I suppose. Um, I suppose it's how do you consider each of those teams making it in that playoff to be competing for a national championship? Probably yes, right. He would have to be at least I didn't, as I didn't, good as Penn State is now, at least. Yes, right. Because I would say Penn State is definitely one of those teams that probably like three out of five years would expect to be in the playoff. Mm -hmm. And I think as of right now, Nebraska fans would be really happy about that. Making a 12 team playoff one out of four years, winning the Rose bowl. Yeah. Winning the Rose bowl. Yeah. I mean, we would be over the moon for that. Um, I suppose when we think about it, you have Penn state was the 11 seed. I don't know who would be the 12 seed, like Tulane, but how far out do you consider someone competing for the national championship? I suppose once you're in the playoffs, then you are competing for it. Yeah. But you don't call every team in the NCAA tournament for basketball competing for the national championship, right? Yeah. And what's, what's that like winning a game or two? Yeah. So at some point getting into the playoff doesn't count for competing for the national championship, but I think with 12, you could probably make the case that all those teams in there are. Yeah. I would, especially football. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, We're yeah, basketball, right. very much different sport. Um, okay, so I think it's safe to say we're both pretty happy with how Rule has handled things. How Rule has handled mm-hmm. things at the assistant coaching job isn't necessarily, you know, I wouldn't say shocking, but it's been kind of surprising the guys he's brought in. Not necessarily because they're bad or anything like that. They're just very right. young, uh, a lot of yep. lesser known names. Um, but yep. it's clearly he has, you know, a vision of young, hungry guys, which he said at his press conference that he wants what, yeah. to come in, you know, and generally, you know, successful assistant coaches are guys who want to be head coaches someday, you know, that yep. provides a serious boost. Um, so do you just want to dive right in or do you have any thoughts right off the top? Yeah, I would say it'll be really interesting because we Nebraska is spending significant resources on this assistant pool. I'm pretty sure they're getting $7 million to spend. Um, yeah. Anything more than that? I mean, that's a $2 million increase over the previous assistant coaching staff. Um, so these guys, will, they'll all be paid well across the board. It'll be interesting to see where that money's spread out. I think he values... Um, young grinders for this position coaches. It's very clear. He values recruiting pretty much all these guys. The top trait for them is going to be recruiting uh, at the position coaching level. And then I think it's clear. He values experience at the coordinator level. Yeah. Cause he's both the coordinators he hired were very, very experienced at the power five level. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where the, when the money uh, comes out, because eventually it has to, right? Nebraska is a public institution, so all of these decisions, all of these salaries, will be made public where where the money is going, and so we'll really see who's 
going to be on this staff probably for the long term. Uh, but I, I mean, $7 million split amongst 10 guys is, they're all going to be paid pretty handsomely. I think both OC and DC are probably going to be north of a million dollars. Yeah, I would think so. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So the staff, as we know it, running through, sorry. Yes. Uh, Offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach will be Marcus Satterfield, the 46 year old from the South Carolina Gamecocks most recently who had a solid offense, but coming off a blistering performance of hanging 63 on Tennessee and then beating Clemson uh, in Clemson. So a uh, mm-hmm. very hot name, at least in that aspect, had uh, Spencer Rattler as the quarterbacks. Uh, and it is has at least been reported that Marcus Satterfield wanted to be quarterbacks coach. Um, the, Matt Rule wanted... Uh, Jake Peets, former alumni of the program, current uh, quarterbacks coach of the Rams, probably going to be the Rams' next offensive coordinator. Fuck, maybe head coach. Who knows what Sean McVay's doing next year? Uh, yeah, true. Right. The yeah. Rams are. I. I like where, the the Rams are at right now because it it's proof that the cap does matter. Right. You can't just keep pushing things down the road, down the road, down the road. Where the Rams and Bucks are at, both people are like, for a long time, there's been this narrative that the cap doesn't matter. Yeah. But that was really just these teams being very, very good at pushing the bill down the road. But eventually it comes due, right? The Rams have very low draft capital for a long time, so it's not going to be a super desirable place to coach. However, it is a very desirable place to coach if you're going from QB's coach to DC or to OC, like it looks like Pete's is going to do. So nobody blames Pete's for... No, good for him. Uh, He's going to be QB's coach here from the Rams to QB's coach here. Great. That looked like a great hire, but nobody blames him for wanting to become an OC at the NFL level. No, entirely different animal too. Cause I can't imagine wanting to go from NFL to college, just the amount of like recruiting and just constant, obviously NFL coaches work insanely hard, sleeping at the facility, stuff like that. But college is an entirely different level. You got to be talking to, you know, 16, 17 year olds all the time. You got to be doing, you know, kind of begging them to come to your school. You have, it's so much more. Staying at the NFL level is very, very understandable, especially when you're like guaranteed a promotion. Uh, okay. And well, not only that, but every single one of uh, Sean McVay's OCs has become an, an NFL head coach. Yeah. Not even like OCs. Cause I think uh, Zach Taylor was, Taylor I think was Zach Taylor quarterback was quarterbacks coach. coach. Yeah. Right. And he's been great. He's been a good head coach. But you yeah. hear that Bengals fan? He's been great. Okay. You have a great head coach. Get over it. Um, so Marcus Satterfield, I think there's high expectations there. I like that he wanted to be quarterbacks coach. Uh, yes, me too. Yeah. I feel like that's something you should want. And, you know, I think that also tells you a lot about how he views the offense, right? Like he's going to view it as obviously quarterback important, no matter what, but he's going to view it as, you know, quarterback, you know, I guess some people might not like that, but I think the only way you would not want your OC to be the QB's coach is if you really, really liked uh, someone specific to be the QB's coach. Uh-huh. Otherwise, OC slash QB's makes the most sense. And yeah. I think in the situation where you would get Pete's, Pete's probably a better quarterback's coach in Satterfield would have been. Tight ends is an interesting spot. It's oftentimes where... He's not tight ends. You throw... No, he is tight ends. Not, no, he's not, right. So it's interesting that the OC slash tight ends coach is was pretty bizarre. That's very unusual. Yeah. So that was, that was weird. It's, if you're not OC slash QB, usually you're OC slash wide receiver. Cause then you're still working with a quarterback at game. all times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he was supposed to be the tight ends coach. Obviously that ended up changing. Uh, the tight ends coach is Bob. Is it wagger or wager? You know, I don't know. Okay. We'll, don't TBD. Know. We'll, we'll reach out to Bob. Uh, Bob W. Bob W. Uh, Texas high school football coach to be the tight yeah. ends coach. Uh, interesting hire because obviously, you know, still a very young strapping man at 50 mm-hmm. or so. Actually, I have no idea how old he is. I totally made that up. Um, but this is not the first head coach 40. hired or not, or first assistant or coach hired from a high school. Uh, this is the yep. first 
uh, full-time coach hired, you know, quote unquote, full-time coach, uh, head coach of Arlington Martin. There was another assistant hired from a Florida school. I don't have his exact name. He's not considered part of the full-time coaching staff. Uh, he's hired as an assistant, but yeah, at a homestead, Florida wager will be tight end slash assistant special teams coach. Um, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, that's okay. I think this is a big move for recruiting, right? This shows that Texas is going to be Nebraska recruiting ground again, right? This is going to be a pipeline state. We're going to put the emphasis there. And I think that's a great, I think that's a great place to be. Mm -hmm. Nebraska over and over again in the big 10 has tried to recruit out of Pennsylvania, tried to recruit out of Michigan. Hasn't been very successful. It's tried to recruit out of Ohio. Hasn't been very successful. The players you have gotten out of the States have been very good. But over and over again, you're going to get beat out by the more traditional powers in the area, the people who have more connections in that area. Because ultimately, that's what recruiting is about, is about connections. So having these really good connections uh, gets your foot in the door at, you know, having Bob on the staff gets your foot in the door at every high school in Texas. Yeah, and Matt Rule's already beloved in Texas from his time at Baylor. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Bob is you know, head coach of Arlington, a very, very good program in, in Texas was the head coach, I suppose. Now he's the tight ends coach here, but yeah. And that's, um, is that a large school too? Cause a lot of Texas high school football is basically college football. Yes. I think Arlington was five, a, they might be five, a or six, a, which is like a really big, really big. Let me look up. Yeah. He does. He does kind of got that, you know, that tight ends coach look too, which I really appreciate. Very bald. Yes. Obviously. Very bald. Very bald. Yeah. Arlington is five. A. Um, so yeah, pretty almost the biggest division in, in Texas. Yeah. Dude, he looks exactly like place. coach JB. Yeah, he does. I actually thought that too. Holy shit. Shout out. Is this coach JB just um, making his way into Nebraska? That looks exactly like him. I see Coach JB um, on TikTok all the time. He's always going live. Dude, Coach JB's electric about everything. He, I, I forget. He actually made a really good point about something the other day. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, okay, I actually agree with this guy. These um, fucking motherfuckers. Yeah. He, the, the, the bald up uh, backwards visor look is insane. By Coach JB, the indoors bald back backwards visor is is incredible. I'm I'm literally writing a note that says Co- get Coach JB on the show. I think that's oh going to be God. our first. That's our first pillar we need to knock down. That's our first ancestral tenant pillar we're going to knock down. Who? That's interesting. I think we could do it. I don't even think it would be that hard. We'll go. We'll get we'll go. Okay. Uh, running backs coach EJ Barthel out of the University of Connecticut, UConn. Yeah, yeah. Having a big revival this year, um, big season. All the running backs there uh, performed pretty well. Their run game was really good. Um, a lot of people stoked about his hire. A lot of people spoke very highly of him when he mm-hmm. was hired. Um, good recruiter by all accounts, and. I think the two biggest recruiting jobs he had to do were within his own team, right? The two biggest recruits he had to keep were Anthony Grant and AJ, AJ Allen. Allen. And yeah. both are remaining on the team for this upcoming season. So a plus job by AJ. Yeah. Cause I know probably 50 coaches called AJ Allen. I'm not even kidding. Like everybody wanted him. Yeah. Is that tampering? Yeah, Is that the tampering thing? Season. That would be tampering, yes. right? Yeah. It would be, but it happens. So. Yeah, it definitely happens. Yeah, because there's obviously Nebraska is not a great team, right? It's not winning games. No, like, that's just a fact. No. Um, so you know, attrition is kind of especially with a new head coach. You, you're gonna have some, you know, you kind of go back and forth with it. I think, at least mentally, where it's like, yeah, you might be losing a guy who's talented, but this team's not very good. So we'll see. I think AJ Allen is. And Anthony Grant, they're like both guys that are looked at as like, we should probably keep those two. Now we lost one yeah. in, uh, what's his name? Not Ernest Hausman. Um, we did lose Ernest Hausman. You're talking about a, a running back? No, Ernest Hausman's staying. The linebacker left. Ernest Hausman. 
he's gone. No, Ernest has been staying. It's the linebacker kid. No. No, that is Ernest has. What? Yeah. You're mixing him up with somebody. Ernest, Ernest, is, Ernest transferred to Michigan. Uh, oh, you're right. Who am I? Who's the corner? Oh, I'm thinking of Hartzog. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Oh, oh, Hartzog. Hartzog's staying. Hartzog's staying. Yeah, I was getting their names confused. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, um, Ernest Hausman, that, that hurts. Yeah, 24-7 had him as like their second highest rated transfer guy in the whole portal. Not great, but he didn't not go great. to Iowa, so suck on the suck on that yeah, Iowa. That, Bricks. that honestly, honestly, I was super relieved when he did not go to Iowa. Yeah, it was That's like about it. it was almost as good as if he stayed, honestly. Like, all right, as long as he's not going to Iowa. Okay. Yep. EJ Bartho, you're a you're a big running backs guy, right? You're yes. you're a big fan yep. of running backs. Um EJ Barthel, I think this guy's a dog. Yep. Also yeah, at Carolina. A lot of these guys were at Carolina too with Rule. Yeah. Yeah, that's Yeah, I think half the staff. Okay, so who was not at Carolina with Rule? Tony White, Satterfield, Barthel. Well Bob, the offensive line Donovan, coach Donovan Royola was five. definitely not at Carolina. So this is kind uh, of the one that's gonna probably made the most noise of any in the uh, Nebraska community because of the offensive line's performance last year, which yeah, not great. Um, I think by some accounts, at least it got better, you know, in the last few weeks of the season, uh, obviously Donovan yeah. Rayola was only here one week or one year. Um, you know, there can be arguments made on how much can be changed in a year. Didn't necessarily get to do a lot of recruiting. Obviously the head coaching in the last year was not, you know, ideal to say the least. So, you know, there's a lot to unpack with the Donovan Royola thing. Obviously, Matt Rule likes him, I think. You know, there's the performance to be considered. Players seem to very much like him, which will be taken into consideration. Um, and then, of course, you do have to consider his last name. Uh, he does share a last name with a young man uh, from Arizona who is a very good player. Uh, shares a last name with a brother who was very good here. Um, how to imagine none of that plays a role in the retaining of Donovan Royola. But, you know, I think if Matt Rule likes him, I know Matt Rule is an offensive line guy. You know, I expect this offensive line to be a lot better than it has been, um, especially with, you know, changes in recruiting, uh, more emphasis on recruiting different guys being brought in. Um, I am very hopeful about it. Uh, I'm pretty positive about it. I think Donovan Raiola, I think he's a good dude for sure. Um, you know, remember Hale Varsity did report that he was cursing on the field during practice. So, you know, we, we're going to have to keep our eye on that. Um, I don't know how involved he was with the puking that they were doing the like 10 to 15 <laughs> pukes per game, but, or per practice, <laughs> maybe that's why, maybe that's why he retained him though. Maybe like the P the PPP. Yeah. Oh, pukes per practice. Yeah. 20 to 30. Is that what the number was? 15 I think it was 20? like 10 to 15. You think Frost was ever puking with them too? Like he would come over to the trash can. Mm-hmm. Rough night too, huh? Fellas. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Donovan Royal getting kept? Um, so they have actually Matt rule coached quite a bit of O-line in his day. They have actually the same mentor who um, basically preaches uh, fundamentals and technique over scheme. Um, so that helped Raiola a lot. They come from the same coaching tree. They come from the same coaching philosophy. They have lots of the same thoughts on the same, on the same style of O-line. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, if Dylan Raiola is available, which we all think, you know, obviously decommitted from Ohio State. If Dylan Raiola, it was available at the time that you were hiring Donovan, then you have to consider it. Kinda He's have to. one of the best recruits in all time of high school football. You would have to consider it. So even no. if that was the only reason that Donovan Raiola was here, I would still say that, you know, if we can land Dylan, then it was a, then it was a good hire. Then it makes a ton of sense. That being said, I do think that he is a good O line coach. 
Okay. I don't know how good he is at recruiting. Sure. And I think he got bailed out quite a bit in this past class by having all of the in-state talent that was D1 ready that you had, right? You had Sam Sledge, you had Gunnar Gatula, you had Knutson all in your backyard that you could go and get that would, we're going to commit to Nebraska regardless of who the head coach was, regardless of who the O-line coach was. So you sort of got bailed out in that regard. On a, um, offensive line, obviously, uh, some injuries this past season too. Uh, Teddy Prohaska, oh, yeah. and then Nord Newelli, who wasn't injured, obviously tested positive uh, for some yeah. Mexican supplements. So he wasn't available to play either, which having, definitely didn't help. Yeah, having to move a couple guys probably out of position didn't help. Um, Corcoran, I do think, probably is going to be a guard. Um, and then yeah, you did get Sam Sledge, so obviously he was probably involved in – or not Sam Sledge. Who's that kid we got? Fost out of Ben something – at ASU, just transferred in. Boss. Yeah, 17th ranked center in the transfer portal coming in. That's going to really help the line. Having uh, a really good designated center. Yeah. You can have Corcoran. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you can play him where you want to play him. Then um, Newelli's going to be back. That's going to help the interior. Um, and then being able to move guys back out to their true positions. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what, what the scheme looks like. I really trust Matt Rule. I think you can say a lot about his time at the Panthers, but they always had really good offensive lines. Yeah, there's really good defensive lines. Uh, I trust his decision on Donovan Raiola, and I don't think that the recruitment of his nephew uh, and then also his other nephew, which is in two classes below Dylan, can be ignored either. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I look, Mark us both down as uh, hopeful. All right. Uh, wide receiver coach, interesting. Garrett McGuire uh, used to play for Matt Rule at Baylor. Uh, I believe yes. twenty four years old off the top of my head. Um, there might be a year yep. or two off. Very young transfer wide receiver from Baylor. Josh Fleeks used to play with him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he turns twenty four next month. Jesus Christ! I was telling Scott. Scott and... should be the fucking wide receiver coach. No, I should not. I should not. This guy is a way better coach than me. That he um, being having a quarterback background, I think, is really intriguing. Quarterbacks know the game in a very different way than everyone else. Uh, also, being a guy who's willing to grind and play on special teams, I know coaches love that. So obviously, he's a grinder. I think that um, this move will be really interesting because a lot of the guys on the staff had a wide receivers coach that was very. Beloved, Mickey Joseph. Um, so it'll be interesting to see the retention, right, after spring ball. Uh, well, that's, a, that's also a special season. situation where, you know. Yeah, it definitely is. I don't think anyone's going to be surprised that he's not there. He's definitely not going to have the same sort of technical prowess as Mickey Joseph did. No. No, that would be, unless he's literally the greatest, <clears throat> the greatest wide receiver coach of all time. Probably not going to yeah. be as good as Mickey Joseph. Probably not. Which obviously and we, so, you know, Mickey Joseph cannot be the head coach, obviously, or the wide receiver coach, obviously. He seems like me that someone that Matt Rule wants in his back pocket to be the eventual offensive coordinator. That was my first. When he's that young, it seems like he's yeah. not necessarily thinking this guy is the wide receiver coach that's going to light the league on fire. He's thinking this guy's very special and I want him on my staff somewhere. That's what I took yep. from that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Let's flip, let's flip to the uh, I think your favorite side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, defensive coordinator Tony White out of Syracuse, a defense that has significantly yeah. increased year over year as he uh, has coached it. It's got the three three five defense. Is that coming to Lincoln? I think to some capacity is it is. I think a lot of people are afraid of the three three five against Big Ten teams, but here's the deal. Big Ten teams, more often than not, are lining up in 11 personnel. Mm -hmm. More plays than they aren't, right? 11 personnel being one tight end, one running back. People think that Big Ten teams play with two tight ends every play. They really don't. It's probably less than 30% of the time. The Big Ten, like every other league, has adapted to three, at least, wide receivers on the field at all time. And... Yes, you will see circumstances where that's different, but then in those circumstances, the defense can't adapt. 
So it probably won't look like a 335 stack that you'll see when you look up the 335. It'll definitely be some sort of hybrid at all times. Maybe it'll look like a 4-2, maybe it'll look like a 5-1, maybe it'll look like a 5-2 on certain areas. But the 335, what it does is it frees up a lot of your guys to just be really good athletes. You're going to get a ton of penetration through the line of scrimmage. You're going to get a ton of pressure on quarterbacks. You can make quarterbacks' lives difficult by making uh, a lot of their looks look very different with zone blitzes and stuff like that. Um, and then it allows you to sort of recruit and plug and play a certain type of athlete that's different than what most other schools are looking for, if that makes sense. So if and you were to explain that, this to a dummy being me, yeah, yeah. how would you explain a three, three, five defense? Cause I believe that's how I understand it yeah. is like, it's an athlete's defense. Yes, it is an athlete's defense. That's a great way to think about it. So the three, three, five, basically how you think of it when you have five offensive linemen, football is broken into when you think about it on the defensive side, you've got the a gaps left and right of the center the B gaps, the outside of both guards and the C gaps, the outside of the tackles. And then the three, three, five, you have those six guys in the box. Each one of them are just assigned to that one gap. So they can just play fast, get to that gap. And now where it gets fun is where you can mix around what their responsibilities are. You can take the stack backer or the sandbacker, put them in the opposite A gap, you can do crossing blitzes. You can do D-line stunts. Um, but your guys don't have to eat space. You don't have to two-gap. So you just have to beat your offensive lineman to your gap. So are people, the, what's the, the concern for people about this in the Big Ten? Is it the, like, big pound them, ground and pound football that they're worried about with the three-three-five? Yeah. So is this, like, a, are there smaller about, backers, smaller linebackers? What is that? No, no, no. So the linebackers aren't necessarily smaller. It's that you're playing with a typical football team. You're playing with a seven man front, whether it's a four, three or three, four. Mm-hmm. So seven defensive linemen and linebackers combined. And then in a three, three, five, you're playing with five DBs and a six man. That's what people are really concerned about. Okay. But it sort of changes who you can recruit as safety. Cause they can be really specialized, right? you can start to recruit bigger safeties that are better at stuffing the run. So you just essentially have a ton of hybrid players. And then it frees you up to be able to recruit athletes and then find a spot for them on your defense, which seems to be what rules whole whole thing is, is recruiting athletes first, finding a spot for them. Second, the three, three, five is the perfect defense for that. Perfect. Hey, you killed that explanation, buddy. You really got after that. I appreciate that. All right, so Tony White uh, quickly is coming from Syracuse, which has significantly improved. They were, I don't have the exact numbers, but over three years, they went from like 110th to like 32 uh, in just a few years. Um, I think Syracuse fans were not happy that he was leaving. They were very upset. Right. Yeah. Right. Different reaction than Marcus Satterfield. When we (laughs) hired Satterfield, uh, South Carolina coaches or South Carolina fans were like, thank you. Uh, and then when we when we hired Tony White, everyone everyone at Nebraska seemed to be concerned, but everyone at Syracuse Syracuse fans on Twitter were like, "All right, fine. If you don't want him, we'll take him back." Yeah, uh, you seem to a lot of national guys seem to be really impressed by this hire. Um, I don't know. I would I would give Tony White an, an A plus hire. It yeah. seems like he is very well respected around the country. That seems like, and you think he's not super far from being a head coach either, which I think is. A positive. I think you want a guy that's going to be that yeah. good. Um, okay, yeah, so defensive line, pot roast, Terrence Knighton coming in. Uh, big fella, obviously, former NFL player a long time. Um, I think he's a player's coach. I would assume he's a player's coach, obviously, coming off uh, a successful career. Uh, sweet name. Sweet name, Terrence Knighton. I uh, don't really know how he has a nickname when his name is Terrence Knighton. Um <laughs> that's a good like your name is fucking terrence knighton dude that's fucking awesome uh, uh still young so, 36 so. years old um Man. defensive tackle uh scott what are your thoughts on big old pot roast down there yeah six three three fifty five when he played that's a big that's a big guy big um i think having the nfl success does bring a lot of credibility to you especially when it comes to recruiting um Something that we'll get to with all these 
rule guys, uh, especially the position coaches is um, they're pretty much the top thing you can say about all of them is they're recruiting. Yeah. Uh, he's done really well so far in Nebraska. I don't know if he's been the lead recor- recruiter on a lot of these guys, but Nebraska has four, four star defensive linemen uh, committed to this recruiting class since he's brought on Terrence Knight to the staff. So that's a pretty good start for him recruiting wise. Yeah. Okay. Um, then we move to one of the more recent ones. Linebackers coach Rob Dvorak, uh, 28 years old, very young, assist, former assistant at the Carolina Panthers. Um, so I don't think a ton is known about him coming off being an assistant. Um, but obviously, again, very young. We're going to assume he's good with people, probably a great recruiter. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if you have a ton of thoughts about Rob. Um, um. No, I think, I think so Carolina ran the three, three. And so I think it's good in terms of a continuity perspective. How many of these defensive guys are all from the Carolina staff? I think it, it, the three position coaches are all from Carolina staff. So I think it's good in terms of continuity. I think staff cohesion is important. Uh, everyone moving in the same direction is important. And, you know, young guy grinder don't know a whole lot about him. I biggest question mark probably of anybody so far. Yeah. Okay, uh, and that's, then that's not unfair. Secondary, we have Evan Cooper. Uh, this is just from Nebraska's website. Evan Cooper is his, in his first season as Nebraska's secondary coach in 2023. Cooper played at Temple when Matt Rule was an assistant coach, and Cooper is serving on Rule's coaching staff for the 11th consecutive season in 2023. Wow, a longtime guy wow. with Rule um, clearly likes him a lot. You know, yeah. bringing him with him everywhere he's gone. Uh, gonna assume he i mean that's makes sense when you're given the entire secondary uh that's a lot of coaching to be doing for one guy yeah you assume he'll have some assistance to help him uh but yeah especially in this defense when you've got five of the guys on the field are you're responsible for um obviously rule thinks highly of him a lot of people think highly of him he's a good recruiter um very active on twitter he's got a sweet beard Ooh. Good call. Pull it up, pull it up. Very huge respect to the beard game of Evan Cooper. Um, one of the first guys announced when Rule was brought on board. I don't think anyone um, had any question when Rule announced that this guy would be coming with him because he's been with Rule every step of the way. Damn, he's um, a handsome probably, son of a bitch too, yeah. Yeah, probably the next DC, I would guess. If if Tony White were to leave in two or three years, then then Evan Cooper would probably be that guy. Yeah, I mean, he's, um, right now he's managing like half the defense by... On field, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Right. Okay. Right. So a lot of, a uh, special lot of teams coordinator, kind of uh the guy that kind of stands out a little bit, an older man, Ed yeah. Foley. Uh coming over from I think he was still at Temple, wasn't he? Sorry, I don't have that. Right yeah, in front yeah, of me. no, you're right. He was at Temple. Yeah. Yeah. So and he's fifty five. Like uh you know, he special teams. Older. I feel like special teams coaches are always old. He seems like a gruff guy which is good. I don't think you can have all young guns on the staff. He's definitely the guy on staff that everyone's going to make fun of. Yeah. And he's always angry. Yeah. yeah. He does seem, he's gruff. He's angry. Uh, his guys are going to get after it. I think we're going to cover kicks really well. I don't think we're going to get too exotic with everything. Uh, Matt rule said, as soon as he came on board that he was going to have a special team specific coach. Uh, personally, I wish Bill Bush would have been retained as special teams coach, but yeah. um, I think Foley's a solid hire. Yeah, I don't really have any qualms necessarily about getting rid of the entire staff, um, especially when you're coming in. I think it's kind of hard to keep guys when you come into a program that's not gone bowling in what, like six years. Um, yeah. I think it's pretty fair to clean house. Obviously, he was a guy that we had our eyes on. Obviously, Mickey Joseph was. That obviously didn't work out for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah. yeah, Ed Foley seems very classic you know, gruff special teams, execution, execution, execution type of guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Then we move on to strength coach Corey Campbell. And this guy looks to be a fucking dog, Scott. This guy looks fucking awesome. <laughs> I want this guy. I need, you know, obviously the last strength and conditioning coordinator, you know, some questions, especially about, you know, how injured our guys got uh, with how the war daddy had him going, but I need, you know, Corey Campbell sending out videos from the Indomitian Sioux weight room 
every day. Yeah. Get me fired up. Well, in, um, in the last strength and conditioning coaches defense, the ball's defense, he did exactly what he was instructed to do. He put mass on the dudes and yes. he was a big improvement, especially when he came in. Um, and Nebraska did get better along the lines immediately when he came in and our guys got a lot stronger and that's what he was told to do. So that's what he did. Right. True. Um, I think the strength and conditioning coach is a big extension of the head coach. And so a lot of it's going to be what the head coach wants. Yeah. No one spends and more time, time with players than the strength coach than the strength and conditioning coach. Right. Conditioning. I do think you get an immediate boost when you change the strength and conditioning coach, because I think every sort of like trainer conditioning coach is going to have holes in what they teach and getting a second set of eyes, getting guys into a different type of program is always going to be beneficial for them, especially in that first year. So I think this is the place strength and conditioning where a coach turnover will be noticed more immediately than those other positions. Yeah. Do you know, you know, Josh Pate, right? Uh, yeah. Or no, not Josh mm -hmm. Pate. Ah, shit. I wish I knew his name. I should know his name. He's the uh, on three guy who does specifically Husker stuff. The sweet hair. Sean Callahan. No, uh, no, it's maybe it's not on three. Oh, that guy, that guy is the, he's their national guy. He doesn't just do Nebraska. Not Josh stuff. Pate, not Josh Pate. Regardless, he was talking about how he, okay. he was the Corey Campbell was his assistant strength coach and he was oh. having him like max out. It was like max out day. And he hit it easy, and right when he puts it on, he <laughs> has him do more, uh, you know, which is classic. You know, if you're not in a weight room a lot, that's, you know, which I used to be more, for the record. I know people are going to say mm -hmm. stuff, but, um, yeah, that's classic. All right, and then personnel, real personnel scouting real quick. Uh, Omar Hales and Adam, I believe it's actually Adam DeMichael. It looks like Adam DeMichel. I think it's actually Adam mm -hmm. DeMichael. Um Personnel scouting, this rounds out the uh, full-time assistants. Omar Hales, I believe, is kind of the designated Twitter guy. They're all pretty active on Twitter. I think he's kind of the, the go-to guy. Um, obviously, a couple other young guys. Um, I don't necessarily have a ton to say on these fellas. Yeah, how about you? Um, it's clear recruits like Omar. Um, he gets a lot of interaction with his tweets. He's big into the uh, emoji game, like Matt Rule is. Sometimes I wonder, because it's like technically not super legal for the coaches to tweet out about specific recruits. I suppose if you keep it vague, then it's still compliant. But I don't know. I wonder sometimes. Um, yeah. I was... The name you're looking for, J.D. Pickle, is the on three national guy. Pickle? Yeah. The guy with the hair? That's the blonde hair? Yep. Good call, Scott. Hey. Thank you. Yep, that's him. Sweet. How did I know his name is J.D. Pickle? He needs to market that name more. Okay, uh, I think we both feel pretty good about this staff. Some A lot of unknown kind of guys, not necessarily guys we've seen have like these insane resumes where they were, you know, the best offensive line coach in the country here, best, you know, right. receivers coach there. Um Right. But a clear theme, and I think what's most important is there seems to be their clear vision. There isn't necessarily anyone yes. in there that like strikes you out of left field. And this has been talked a lot about uh, from the athletic director, Trev Alberts. And a lot of people just, you know, in the football world who have been part of successful programs is that there has to be a vision from top to bottom, uh, from the very, very top, you know, administration down to, you know, the guy who cleans the jock straps. Uh, and I think that they have they have achieved that at Nebraska, Scott. Yeah, yeah, I'd say I'd probably overall give it like a B plus. I think Nebraska, as soon as you're envisioning what a staff could be and you see the uh, the checkbook that you have to spend, you can sort of get pretty crazy with who you envision could be in specific spots. And then I think get a little bit angry when those when those dreams don't become reality. I would say this is a solid like A plus. Or not A plus, sorry, B plus, A minus staff so far. And we'll see, you know, all they've done is recruit so far and they've done a really good job at that. So I'm going to give we'll them, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give this class an A plus. So that way, uh, 
if it works out really well, I can say, I told you so. And then if it doesn't work yeah. out, I can just say, oh, well, I'm just a better fan than you. And I believe they're no more. So okay. right, let's, I, I don't blame you. Let's don't talk about, me. let's talk about the fun stuff. Let's talk about total conjecture. Okay. Uh, expectations. So obviously college football has changed a lot with the transfer portal and NIL just since Matt rule was a college football coach previously. Um, looking at this next year's schedule, a couple tough games against power five opponents to kick it off, uh, including a wet two away games. Uh, I will read through the schedule quickly and then we will, we shall discuss. We will reconvene. Uh, at Minnesota to start the season, then at Colorado for Coach Prime's first home game, uh, who they still can't pay. Uh, then Northern Illinois at home, Louisiana Tech at home, Michigan at home, at Illinois, Northwestern at home, Purdue at home, at Michigan State, Maryland at Wisconsin, and then Black Friday with the Iowa Hawkeyes, who are now owned in all men's sports by the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yeah, so what do we want to dive into? Uh, give them an over/under on win total. So before I think before we do that, um, expect. Do you think administrations expect different things in the first few years with transfer portals, transfer portals, stuff like that? Um, the way you can add guys think, quickly. I mean, Nebraska is going to have to definitely shift things along a lot because the past few years, all we've been saying is Frost doesn't have his guys, right? So. <laughs> we gave the last guy a long, long leash before he was expected to start winning games. And I think that Sonny Dykes, you know, is going to be the exception, but I think in the, the current age of college football, you can become very competitive very quickly. I don't expect them to be competing for the big 10 anytime soon, but I think it's fair to expect them to be playing for a bowl game against Iowa. I think that's what I want. If if we are already eliminated from bowl contention on November 24th, I'll be upset. Yeah. But if we if we are playing Iowa for the chance to get into a bowl game, I think that's that's my expectation. That feels pretty good. I don't have I don't know if I necessarily want to say I have like an expectation on win totals per se, but I think you're probably right. I think around that win total. I mean, obviously if we're, you know, 3 years in and we haven't gone bowling, you know, we're probably looking for yeah. a new guy. We're definitely looking for. New guy. We're t- definitely talking about it, but uh, uh, I don't necessarily think that's no. Don't be negative. Keep it positive. Um. So I think, especially looking at the schedule. So at Minnesota to start the season is going to be rough. It's a tough team. Um, that you've played a lot just to start the season. You know, there's not well, really. I mean, we don't play Ohio it. State. I don't like PJ Do play Michigan? Um, maybe new coach. Maybe new coach. So yeah, at Minnesota, it's PJ Fleck. Who knows? Uh, at Colorado, uh, I oh uh, I can write off the, P- the week week one especially. Yeah, that's what Man, I'm saying. That's that's tough. That's yeah. tough. That's going to be hard. And that's a well coached team that knows exactly who they are with a coach that's very well established, uh, who also doesn't like Nebraska. <laughs> so, um, well, no one likes him. So. Nobody likes PJ. I think everyone I think hates that's PJ. It's going to be a really tough game to win. Oh yeah, I uh, agree. Colorado. Talking about Colorado, uh, that's a big a big opportunity for your program because the all eyes of college football are going to be on on you, not because of you. Probably right? game day there. It, what? You don't think game day comes for Coach Prime's first home game with home Matt Rule coming in town? No, I don't. Week two. I there's not a lot of big matchups. It. Week two. It's a possibility. I think both of these teams lose week one, though. So, tough. But it's a good opportunity for you to show how much work's been done in the short amount of time, right? To show what what this program can be. I think Colorado will probably be slightly disorganized to start. Um, Yeah, they brought in a lot of transfers. They'll, They'll be talented on the edges. But you should, on paper, be able to really beat them in in the interior. And I think... You know, Colorado's recruited well. Colorado's brought in some good transfers. Nebraska's ranked ahead of them in both transfer class and recruiting class. Yeah, Colorado has also been really, really bad. Like, what yeah. they win what one game last? Like they have been terrible. One eleven. Yeah. Yeah. 
one and eleven. So we'll see if that 11. that Louis luggage is able to do something. Northern Illinois, I Louisiana ex- Tech. I expect us. I expect us to be three and one. Okay. And I don't so think we'll Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech should be wins. Uh, those are your kind of cupcakes, yep. especially Louisiana Tech. No offense. Oof. The um, whatever your logo is. Uh, then Michigan. That's going to be tough. Maybe with a head, new head coach. Uh, yeah, although what he's built, I think, is pretty sustainable. Yeah. So we'll see what happens That's with Michigan. To overcome. Uh, obviously, just you know, a couple of days ago, lost playoff game. That's, uh, what's, I'll say it's really tough for Michigan if they lose Jim Harbaugh now because you've already gone through the coaching cycle. Now they could probably poach a really hmm. good coach from a team, but a lot of big names have, have come and gone. Good point. Very good point. Uh, so Michigan, that's going to be a tough one at Illinois. Uh, I think, are they, I think they're losing a couple of those really good corners. Yeah, they are. And they lost their defensive coordinator as well. Yeah. And that was, you know, I'm pretty sure some of their, they, they have like the two best interior defensive linemen in the big 10. I'm pretty sure they both declared for the NFL draft too. So I don't know. It's hard to say that Nebraska will beat Illinois at that point, though. Illinois seems incredibly well coached. You love suffocating Brett. on defense. He's a really good guy. <laughs> what more is there to say? Illinois was terrible before he got there. And then all of a sudden, they're like the best defense in the Big Ten. That's coaching. Okay, Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern's really bad. This was an yep. even year. They didn't look good. Won one game against a team that will not be disclosed or discussed. Yep. Um, should be a win, hopefully. Zero wins on American soil. Purdue. Yes, Purdue. Uh, obviously losing Jeff Brom, the man himself. I think that's, this, that's huge for Nebraska. I think Purdue was a mess before Jeff Brom got there. He was a really good coach and elite play caller. Their offenses were always electric. Um, I think what do you look at? No, you said I think you uh, said that was huge for Nebraska. Yeah, this is huge for Nebraska that Jeff Brom left because now you get back to having an easy a team on your schedule in the Big Ten West. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which you haven't had in the past few years. Illinois has gotten a lot better. Purdue's gotten a lot better. Northwestern's been up and down, but you've lost to them. I don't so, know. I'm kind of of the opinion right now that just every team in the Big Ten West kind of stinks. Like Illinois has been like better than average. I just, I don't think any of them are that good. Certainly none of them are Jeff, elite. I think Jeff Brom was really good. I think Jeff Brom did an A plus job there. Great. And I think it's going to be really hard for Purdue to get somebody that good. Okay. At Michigan state, they may be, Hey, they may be, they may be in a tough spot with that contract and their coaching situation. They're not getting out of that. They're not getting, there's no way. That might be a tough situation. We'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe they made the right move and they're a top 10 team at that point. Uh, we shall see. And then Maryland. Uh, Maryland's kind of Maryland. Are they going to have yeah. Tagovailoa next year again? Yeah. Really? I expect Nebraska to win three out of these four. Mix and match them however you want. Northwestern Purdue, Michigan State, Maryland. Three out of four there. So right there, you already have us at at least six. Yes, I think we beat Colorado, Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech, and I think we beat three out of four out of those four teams: uh, Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State, Maryland. Okay, then at Wisconsin, we we drop one because that's what we do. That's what first year coaches do. We're not that good of a team yet. Hell yeah! Uh, Then at Wisconsin with Luke Fickle as the new head coach. who knows with those two? Because who knows where Wisconsin will be at? Who knows where Nebraska will be at? I think that'll be an exciting game, hopefully, as long as they have similar yeah. records. What? It's tough. What's that? It just seems like Pickles walking into a better, you know, Pickles walking into a more ready-made situation. It does seem very interesting that they're bringing in an air raid quarterback and an air raid OC, doesn't it? Is that not? Yeah. What is What was Cincinnati? Not air raid. <laughs> They threw they threw the ball around, but they weren't air. You know, they weren't like Hal Mummy air raid, Mike Leach air raid. They, like they're bringing in you know a quarterback from North Texas who threw the ball fifty times a game, and then their OC is an air raid guy. So they're going to be throwing the ball all over the place yeah. in late November. I don't know. This seems 
seems like an interesting match to me. It doesn't seem like Wisconsin. So. It'll be an exciting. It'll be an exciting thing to watch for sure. And then against Iowa, obviously, uh, we all know now at this point, Iowa's a cupcake. It's a given W. Uh, basketball, football, easy dub. I think we can just pencil that in for the next 10, 20, 30, 60 years. Um, I think we lose to Wisconsin. I think we beat Iowa. Definitely beat Iowa. I mean, I think so. I think we should probably. I think we should. uh, A very good chance we get to a bowl game. I don't think it's, you know, not doable at all. If we don't, I'm not going to panic or anything. Uh, Even if, you know, if we get like two wins, I'm going to be pretty worried. Uh, especially with transfer portal and all that, because assumingly that would be against Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech, um, with some very beatable teams, the Big Ten West. Um, but you know, just this coming year, making a bowl game would go a long way and make people feel a lot better. Which also, like, fucking make a bowl game, like it's not that hard. Yeah, especially in this situation, um, you know, you don't have to make the Rose Bowl or anything, but let's just win fucking six games. Yeah. Nebraska typically plays brutal schedules. Michigan might be the only ranked team on this list. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, who knows if Harbaugh, because if Harbaugh, you know, ditches them right now that, you know, especially with the transfer portal and Uh, how talented that team is. higher internally. Yeah. Yeah. That would be tough. That's, that's a conversation. We'll definitely be talking about Harbaugh on this show or the flyover show. A lot to talk about with Harbaugh. Pretty much always. There's always something to talk about with Harbaugh. He's always giving you a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Two. Real quick. Um, this will actually be our last topic. Um, but it's a great one. Maybe my favorite of the day. Uh, this is from a per Pete Famel. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren has emerged as a top candidate to be the next president and CEO of the Chicago Bears. He's interviewed for the job and is considered to be among the finalists. Now, Kevin Warren's tenure at, you know, as the Big Ten commissioner will be viewed in a lot of ways. You could talk about, you know, him adding the USC and UCLA and solidifying the Big Two with the SEC and Big Ten. Um, Huge media rights deals, um, incredible success, you know, multiple playoff appearances saying, you know, very much solidifying Big Ten as one of, if not the best conference in college football. Now, with that being said, is that how we will remember Kevin Warren? Absolutely fucking not. Kevin Warren tried to kill football. He decided he was a super scientist. He would not give us the documents. He tried to cancel football. We will never forget that. Go to the Chicago Bears and never come back to college football, Kevin Warren. Get the fuck out of here. Scott? that sum sum up our thoughts yeah i'm i'm totally with you there he um man it's hard to to, like (laughs) nebraska is technically i think still suing the big 10 because of kevin warren's actions in 2020 uh we did eventually get football back which i think is in large part to nebraska ohio state and iowa uh really pushing for it but yeah, he. I mean, we were. We, what were we gonna do? Play in the spring that year? It was crazy. Yeah, it was. I don't. That was a whole mess. Every like every other major conference had started playing football, and the Big Ten had to wait six weeks because of no reason. Yeah, and I just remember so much frustration because they like they obviously had the medical review board or whatever, and people were just like asked them like, "Hey, can you tell us like give us some." you know, minutes from that meeting or whatever it was, can you, like, just tell us why specifically? And he was like, yeah, nah. Nah, I'm not going to do that. Now, Kevin Warren, you know, we do have to say, has done very good things. Um, you could certainly make the argument that he was acting uh, in the interests of the players, you know, in their health and safety. Um, but ultimately, he tried to kill football, and not playing would have saved no one's life. So we will not remember Kevin Warren fondly. Also interesting that he's going to Chicago. Yeah, what is that role? Because he's not going to be the GM. Also, there's no way that pays more, right? Does he just want, like, a smaller job? Like, he wants less stress? Yeah, probably. I imagine being commissioner of the Big Ten probably weighs on you after a while. There's No, no, it wouldn't pay more. Um, I imagine the Big Ten 
is going to pay him very handsomely from now on. You know, he's made a lot of schools in the Big Ten quite a bit of money from now into perpetuity. He'll be rewarded handsomely for that on a stipend package on the way out. What what is this job though? What is president and CEO of the Chicago Bears? I don't understand. Yeah, because like teams have you have a head coach, you have an owner. Yeah, and you but usually president means GM. Like, is Kevin Warren going to be drafting players? No, that's Ryan Poles. Yeah, I think that I think that's just one of those positions that's just you know totally undefined. It's just whatever the ownership wants it to be. I suppose it's one of those. I think that ownership wants to be as hands off as possible. Yeah, I don't just bring in a guy to basically just be the owner without getting you know the equity of the team. This seems like he wants to do a lot less work, which I don't blame him, but he just like doesn't want to fully retire. He's just looking for sort of like Magic Johnson with the Lakers a few years ago. Yeah, this has to pay way less than what he's doing now. The revenue of Man, the Chicago Bears cannot compare to the revenue of the entirety of the Big Ten, I would assume. Right. Does he have one more move up his sleeve before? Does the Big Ten expand it to 20? Or is that the next commissioner's Tries job? to cancel this next football season and then dips out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, we are going to call that our first ever show. Um, we appreciate you guys. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, whatever platform you're watching on. Uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, do all that good stuff. We appreciate the hell out of you. Uh, thank you so much. Happy new year. Enjoy it. Uh, we will be coming back to you next Wednesday. I guess this will be uploaded later because it's, you know, special circumstance, uh, as our first show and have to do all the logistics and getting the YouTube channel figured out, stuff like that. Uh, podcasting, all that fun stuff that I'll get to do tomorrow. Uh, but we appreciate the hell out of you guys. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.